This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we are beginning our journey through the action movies of the 21st century with a review of 2011's The Raid Redemption. Plus, The Marvels gets its first teaser trailer, Deadpool 3 casting news, Frank Grillo's DCU role revealed, HBO Max rebrand and new name announced, and more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, April 17th, 2023. This is Frank Grillo. You know me. But who are you? Are you the discerning, sophisticated type of person who enjoys all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news? Pop culture references, witty banter? Me neither. I'm just here for the dick jokes. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. listener what's up thanks for pressing play and welcome to the jock and nerd podcast where we give you comic book and superhero tv and movie news reviews and whatever we choose jock and nerd. my name is imran my name's anthony he's the jock he's a nerd and joining us the founder and president of the frank grillo fan club uh it's rug boy rugs how do we sign up i gotta send a self-addressed stamped envelope yeah you gotta you gotta <laughs> Walk around without your shirt on. Okay. And you got to have at least two days worth of stubble on. Okay. And you got to you gotta talk with a gravelly voice. And that gets you in the door. They put it in the envelope. Oh, that doesn't even, does that even get you, it doesn't even get you in. It just gets you in the door. It just gets you in yeah. the door. No, you got to collect some box tops, put some of your pubic hair in the envelope, send it to Whoa. rugs. <laughs> and you'll be a member of the FGFC. Frank Grillo, Frank sure. Hey, we have wow. some Frank Grillo news, actually. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, you're opening with Frank no, Grillo? No, we're not. Oh. I'm just teasing oh. it, but we got other shit to talk about. We're going to ah. dive right in. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Wow, what a tease. Slow, I know. slow your Grillo. We'll get to the Grillo. <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about is a new trailer for a new MCU movie. The last movie we're getting this year, The Marvels. That has been delayed, was coming out in July, is now coming out in November. Seven months ahead of the release, they have re- released a teaser trailer uh, showcasing the team-up, this cosmic team-up with Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, and my favorite, Miss Marvel, uh, all in the Hi, same Ms. movie. I'm Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, uh, Photon, and Carol Danvers. Uh, this is kind of uh, I've been a crazy trailer release. We'll get into a little bit of people's reactions. But what did you guys think overall of this teaser? Uh, are you excited for the Marvels after watching this? Anthony, I watched uh, Adam Does Movies. Shout out to oh, Adam Does Movies, who was yeah. on our pod. And I completely agree with him in that um, the trailer looks fun. It looks fun. Marvel knows how to cut a good trailer. They um, play Beastie Boys. Oh, so I love that Beastie Boys that. drop. Yeah, you're, you're getting all that nostalgia, yeah. and it looks fun. It looks like a fun movie. the The power swapping thing is yeah. looks like a fun gimmick for a movie. Um, it can create some interesting situations. They don't really go into what the movie's about, other than that. So you're just basing it off of that, and it looks like a fun 
fun comedy or, or a, yeah, kind of like a comedy. It's very um, it leans into the comedy a lot in this trailer. Yeah, and and what I'm most happy about is I get to see some women smiling. So that's that's good. <laughs> Jesus. Well, oh, yeah. the Beastie Boys song at the beginning of this trailer says, "Don't you tell me to smile." Oh my God, right. it does. That's the opening does, line. Yeah. Oh, yes. they use that for a reason. <laughs> so I'm glad we I'm glad that we got women smiling because you know, I'm sure I'm sure three hundred thousand those dislikes were yeah, coming this, from people that yeah. didn't like. When uh, women weren't so smiling, that's the so. big news here is three. It's like three hundred sixty-five most plus dislike, dislike, most dislike. What's funny Marvel is video. YouTube has shop stopped showing the dislike. Yeah, how numbers. do people know that? I don't know. Apparently, it's accessible somewhere. I'm looking at the thing. I see four hundred ninety-two likes. There's a dislike button. There's no number there. Apparently, you can still find out. So I don't even know why they're disliking it if nobody can fucking see the number on the dislike. Anyways, what I do like is how we saw at the end of Miss Marvel. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. Kamala Khan zips out of her place and is replaced by Carol Danvers smashing through her closet door. And you kind of see that their powers are entangled. They say every time one of them uses it, they get switch places with a other one uh, instantly. And that could provide a lot of interesting stories. Uh, but I love how like Kamala Khan almost steals this whole trailer, right? Her lines are funny where she's like, is this an Avengers test? She's floating in space, the fucking flirking, attacking and her freaking out and seeing her family is also exciting. They were great. Uh, so like, but it's, was that your mom in there or is that her? Did mom? you know that the time? girl, Very similar. The, the dad is in trouble? I did hear about that a little bit uh, for something. What was he in trouble for? I don't know. Uh, look it up. It's pretty. Yeah. You go, well, yeah. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Fine, don't. Look, he dressed up like the Hulk to go with her to Avengers Con. A very sweet thing he did. Let's just all remember that. All right. But I agree. Yeah, it looks like fun also. But is this what kind of tone? Is this like a TV tone, a movie tone? Is it a comedy? It's supposed to be. It is just a teaser. We don't know who the bad guy yeah, is. Yeah, It looks like it's going to be what we expect from Marvel now. Like this is the new version of Marvel. This is what we ha- get. We get Thor Love and Thunder. We get Ant-Man, we get these things where they're like, it's jokey, it has a little bit of drama, it's going to have a little bit of action, bit of it's going to have it's gonna have Easter eggs. We know. It's like, it's you know, we've been doing this over and over again. I don't think this is the uh, the hill to die on for, like, Marvel movies. We've already experienced, like, Coming into Captain Marvel, Brie Larson pissed off the fan base. So I understand the animosity there. She was like telling, we didn't make this movie for you. And, she, you know, blah, blah, blah. So she was going at, she was like causing herself problems by going at the fans. And so she kind of inspired this hatred toward her, towards her. But I think at this point, like, we don't need to go there. Like, she hasn't said anything. She hasn't done anything in a while. She's smiling in the trailer. <laughs> she went and changed her costume so it's a little bit more form fitting. Because after they were comparing how how good uh, Spider Man's ass looked compared to hers. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, but like so, like she's quietly w- been in this movie and now been upstaged by two other people. So let leave. Let's let's leave her alone. She she does look. I mean, she does just on the Captain Marvel thing. She does. I mean, I I watched the trailer. And I went. Brie Larson looks pretty sexy in this. Yeah, she, like her it. hair's a little different. She's got like some braids, and but she has, for whatever reason, some of it she did bring on, and some of it, you know, even if you throw in her press tour during Affinity War, it was not 
the best when she was interacting with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, so she's brought on some of the hate, and now she's just like the most hated <laughs> actor, actress in a Marvel leading role. Um, some of it through fa- some fault of her own, some of it just through losers on the internet um, that want to hate on amplifying it yeah. to an nth degree. Yeah, and uh, and you know, women, people hating strong uh, female leads. So whatever. It, it, but uh, I, I like to turn the trailer. Yeah, no, they got three <laughs> well, yeah. leads. It's going to be great to see them interact. And there's those rumors of her that she was kind of a nightmare on set and she was clashing. And honestly, in her defense, looking at this. I, I, I guess I'd be kind of pissed, too, if I was an Oscar winner and I had a single movie named after my character and I come into this, I'd be like, hey, what? wait a minute. Yeah, but you know fuck? what? The first movie was was okay, not that great. It really wasn't that good. It made a billion dollars. It wasn't good. It, no. it wasn't it really was that right. good and not a popular character right now and honestly, very just overpowered. You need, yeah, yeah. They needed to bring in something, other things, and maybe this power entanglement is this clever way of taking away her powers, which they usually do in the sequels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's she's a way overpowered character, so having someone to bounce off of, I think, might help, and having this power entanglement thing might help as well. But the, let's let's get into the mechanics of this um, power thing. So every time that they use the power, it kind of goes round robin. The next it, person. That's becomes, what it seems like is they. Yeah. Because so they. So they no think it's if really you use, use it for an extended time from what I heard on the Internet. So if you use it for more, if you use it for a second, maybe not. But if you use it for 20, 30 seconds in a fight, you'll. But like it. what order does the switch happen? Because we see. Oh, I don't know. Kamala and Carol switch places like twice. But then you also see Monica Rambeau and Kamala switch places in the beginning. Again, Monica Rambeau's touching a, a energy wall she shouldn't be touching. She didn't learn from fucking WandaVision. What do you do? She likes to touch things She's like, for What's some this reason. Shimmery <laughs> thing. I'm going to go touch it. And then bad shit always happens. Yeah. It's like a baby. It's like a now, baby when they yes. first see something new. My biggest criticism of this trailer is not whether this whole controversy about Brie Larson or you know, strong female leads or the status of Marvel and who's smiling. It's that I don't like these new costumes at all. No. Oh, they're like not Kamala great. Khan's costume is fucking disgusting. Oh, they did. It makes her, her look bad. Like it looks her, bad on her. Hers is bad. And then they made Brie Larson's really dark. Like yeah. you can't tell that it's blue, yellow and red anymore. And then photon is like blue and white and black or something. Well, hers is kind of more comic accurate, but the other two, they, they actually had decent costumes from they did. originally. They did. Like she just got her costume, exactly, and they're going to change yeah. it. Like they did with Spider Man. <laughs> they got to change it fucking three but, times in but a movie. A, but you know what that is? I, they, I know they made, toys. they made. Yeah, no one's toys. buying them. No one's buying those toys. <laughs> Why even bother? I don't even also, know anyone got, who has a um, Captain Marvel action figure. You got Nick Fury in here. That's kind of cool. It looks like we're getting a female accuser type person, like Ronan. Mm, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then Look, very boring, very boring looking. Yeah, they're all uh, they're all very dark and uh, yeah. They put like poop brown on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really <laughs> stick out. But I mean, I'm intrigued by the one scene where it looks like they're all fighting each other. Are they training? Did they turn on each other? There's also the one scene where it looks like they're on another planet. There's an yeah. Asian guy there, and then there's oh yeah, all this colorful dancing where Brie Larson's looking around like what the fuck? Oh yeah, there's a Bollywood dance number going on, which yeah. is great. And oh, Amer and his beard is there. Her brother in full force. Oh, you love that beard. And lots of cats, lots of flirkins. So honestly, look, for a teaser trailer, yeah, they don't show you what it's about, but I thought I was like, oh, this looks fun. And uh, and I, I actually hope, 
Iman Vellani steals the fucking movie because she is so charming and relatable in Miss Marvel. She is your Peter Parker. She is your POV. You know, her story was she was a fan of the MCU and got a chance to be in the MCU playing someone who is a fan of Carol Danvers and becomes gets powers like it's perfect. This, this is a uh, a pro wrestling term. Yeah. To get someone over. Oh, what does that mean? Meaning to get them popular with the crowd. Ah. And uh, I think they brought in Iman Vellani as Captain Marvel in this movie to get Brie Larson over. It makes because sense. Because she's, she's so enamored with the character yeah. that maybe to rub off where the fans go, oh, I like that Oh, shit. Now. That's pretty good. That's pretty ingenious strategy. If, and I think it will help her have two characters to bounce off of. Uh, I think that chemistry could work. So watch the Adam does movies thing because okay. he always he always over says like over he injects flair into way, the way he says things and the way he says strong female. Leads. Oh yeah, I love it's, that. It's pretty funny. Yes, I love my, my favorite that. thing when he says that. He, then after he goes, it's about time. One <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of those. One of these days. Strong. He should. Female. He should have. He should have way more of a following, by the way. He's very he, funny. Yeah, I think he's he's doing some good stuff. He's very funny, and the, like the little side comments he says after, like under his breath, yeah, always make me laugh. <laughs> we gotta have him back on. Yeah, we yeah, should have, have him back on. on. No, he's, yeah, his stuff is great. When I'll catch it, I'm starting to see some of his reels and shorts pop up, and I'll just watch him. So. Uh, okay. he's on TikTok. That's where he's gonna. Oh. He's gonna. Is he on TikTok? He'll I do it. He I don't know. Probably I, everyone. Is. I am still. No, I haven't even downloaded the app. Still, can you believe it? No need. You just see it on Instagram. Some of the you do. So yeah. whatever. Listener, let us know what you think of the Marvels. Are you excited? Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group called Jock and Nerd Nation. There will be a link in the episode description of this episode. It is a closed group just for you. Lots of fun, geeky posts going on in there. Okay, moving on. Got some casting news. We're going to stick with the MCU. Deadpool 3 uh, that we are all excited for. A rated R movie coming out September 2024. Uh, apparently, wow, that's a while for now. Yeah, it is a while, but they are getting, and all we already know, Hugh fucking Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. Crazy, right? Cool. They are getting uh, the whole gang back. Karan Sony, who played Dupinder, is coming back. Leslie Uggams, who's playing, who played Blind L, is coming back. Wait, which one was Dupinder? Dupinder was the uh, cab driver. Okay, and then who's this next next person? Blind Al. Remember Blind Al was the old black woman in his apartment? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, all so right. those two characters from both the movies are coming back, and then just revealed this week, Marina Baccarin is coming back as Vanessa. Love the Marina Baccarin. And the dude, uh, Stefan Kapicic, who played Colossus, is also coming back. So Interesting. this is now a Deadpool movie with an X-Men in it, right? Two X-Men. Two X-Men. Technically, Deadpool is an X-Men. You know, no, Wolverine. Oh, and Wolverine. Holy shit. Two X-Men. Uh, other rumors. Scott Snyder has mentioned a recent rumor that uh, Mobius, Owen Wilson, and Miss Minutes, and the TVA from Loki possibly will be involved. Meaning, does Deadpool jump timelines to grab Hugh Jackman Wolverine and pull him in? That'll be interesting. All of this I love so far. What do you guys think? Getting the gang back together, Hugh Jackman, the TVA, Deadpool 3. What is going on here? Go ahead, Ruggs. <laughs> hey, toss it to me. <laughs> uh, look, I feel like uh, it might be easier to just. Okay, you have two ways of going about this. Either you're 
you're going to go, okay, we're going to recreate the X-Men from square one, introduce a whole new origin and blah, blah, blah. Or you just use the multiple universe thing, multiple timeline thing to just be like, oh, I'm just going to pluck them right out of the Fox timeline. Right. They already exist. They already have their own backstory. They're just popping into the Marvel universe. We've seen Xavier. Is it that universe or wherever he came from in, in from Doctor Strange? I don't know. That could be another universe where they're already there or they've been popping in and out. Who knows? I don't even know. I don't write that shit. But like, uh, but that's what I'm thinking. If they're just going to do it like this, they might kind of take a shortcut to accelerate it. But I don't think that's the best way to do it. Because now you're stuck with all the stuff, all the baggage from that other stuff. Yeah, that would be. You got Anna Paquin as Rogue. You, you know, that would like, be a shortcut. Like, I say bring back Josh <laughs> Brolin, Zazie Beats as Cable, Domino. Bring them back also. It would be great. Anthony, excited for the return of the whole gang in Deadpool 3? I do like this. I liked, I mean, the, the Colossus is kind of a joke, but it fits that universe. I like, I like the fact that it just seems kind of crazy. And they're mixing in the Deadpool stuff with some of the Marvel stuff, potentially. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, with Loki and the TVA. I don't know what to expect out of this movie, which is good. Multiversal shenanigans are rated. Oh, I, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. I think uh, Colossus, you kind of need Colossus there, right? As like, he was in both of the movies. They're buddies. It's a great character to bounce off of. And yeah, I mean, it's it's really not like Colossus, the, the Colossus I like yeah, in the comics. I was like, a big fan yeah. of Colossus, but yeah. it's a completely different guy. But uh, they do have fun. It is like a fun where he bounces off of that guy. He's got a Russian accent. That's, that's the same. He does have the <laughs> Russian accent, yes. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for that one. All right, let's get to the Frank Grillo news, everybody. We did uh, talk, I think, a few weeks ago that Grillo was the last week was uh, after he's done with Crossbones and he was looking to get a role in the MCU. Well, this ties into the James Gunn announcement uh, about the chapter one, Gods and Monsters. The first thing that they are making is Creature Commandos and uh, the everybody <laughs> reporting. Right. Yes. Creature Commandos animated Creature Commandos. But Frank Grillo is all but confirmed that he's joining the cast to play Rick Flag Sr. in Creature Commandos. Geek boner. Rugs, I'll tell you who the rest of the cast is. There's some great cast well, there. Before you say that, keep in mind that James Gunn does want them, the people that are voice acting, to probably also be live action versions of these people. At that is correct. And vice versa. Yeah. So go ahead, Rugs. Sorry. <laughs> I just like that. Imran's really excited about this, but yeah. Frank Grillo's probably not. <laughs> He's like, oh, I got a damn cartoon voice. I like, a little he goes against the meeting at DC and he's like, all right, what do you got for me? And they're like, well, we got your Rick Flag senior. He's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and he's like, they're like, ah, he's a cartoon. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? My agent promised me it would be live action. Well, he, he might be live action one day. If it's a good well, character. Look, He's like, when? I'm going to be 60 soon. We got Joel <laughs> Kinnaman, who's played Rick Flagg Jr. Uh, this would be his father in the show. But like you said, Anthony, yes, he said, James going to said these characters are going to go back and forth. So the rest of the cast is interesting. You have Maria Bakalova as the voice of Princess Ilana Rostovich. Uh, Indira Varma will play the bride. Zoe Chow. 
We'll play someone called Nina Mazursky. Alan Tudyk is Dr. Phosphorus. David Harbour as Eric Frankenstein. And Sean Gunn as G.I. Robot, also voicing uh, Weasel at some point. And then you have Steve G, who played John Economos in Peacemaker Live Action, voicing Steve G animated on the show. So there you go. So There's vo- your example. Yeah, voicing John Economos. Yeah, voicing John Economos. So, it's a, so uh, is it going to be a young, supple John Economos? Or it, is I it, guess it might be if it's said in the past. Because uh, Rick Flagg Sr. is older than Rick Flag Jr. Well, right? what, what gives like, that away? <laughs> but like, but like, I don't think it's enough of a of an age difference so they could exist at the same time. That's, that's what I'm the saying. thing. They're similar. They are like similar in age. Grillo's probably a little bit older, right? But I, I would say about ten years older. Yeah, yeah. But this does give you hope for him showing up live action somewhere as Rick Flag Senior, Frank Grillo, getting a role both in MCU and DCU, whatever this is called. Well, I hope it works out for Frankie, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, make sure you mention that in the Frank Grillo email you send out. To, to uh, yeah, my, my newsletter will yeah, be the uh, talking about this at length. The newsletter is going to be hot this week, Frank Grillo fans. Yeah. He got robbed. He should have been fucking death, <laughs> whatever, Deathstroke. That's what I think. But then you got Joe Manginello, who's very similar in shape and size. And like, no, he's not. No, Manginello is like a foot tall. He's a lot taller. Which one is the light version of the other? Sometimes I wonder. Because um, they could play like brothers, maybe. Sure. Right? Yeah. Anyways, let's stick with uh, DC Warner Brothers uh, and uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. In fact, because they recently had a big presentation about their rebrand, the future of their streaming product, which is currently called HBO Max. Well... They've come up with a new name. Here's the name. It's Max. That's it. It's just oh. Max, which I did. This may be the worst name out of all of them. Worse than Peacock. I don't know. Uh, because what is what is Max? It's good. It, it, it's also becoming blue. It's going from purple HBO Max to everything's blue and it's just Max. Anthony, what do you think about this rebranding? Uh, they, they dropped the important part of the name. I don't understand. I guess they wanted to make this so that was because of because of all the discovery content that's coming over. Yeah, not be so HBO focused, but yeah, HBO is the best brand to have featured. Max is is not good, not a great name. It says nothing. Still not about, as bad as Peacock. That Peacock's the worst. Oh, you think Peacock's the worst? I was it's like, the worst I, because everyone's yeah. just gonna say cock. Uh, the cock was which we anybody with any funny bones are gonna say yeah. cock. Yeah, they're just gonna say cock. Uh, Max is not great because it's just like, I mean, it's a name. I guess you could say to the max, but there's yeah, a, there's not a good, some it's not good. slang. Yeah, no, it's not. not. It's a name and it's just like doesn't tell you anything. Uh, max will launch in the U.S. May 23rd. They should have just called it TV Max or something like that. Or, uh, yeah, if you were to just throw like Max TV or Max Plus, Plus Max. I don't know. I don't know. The or Max old- is not great to work with. <laughs> No, so yeah, like you said, they're going to be getting, you know, uh, on May 23rd, it's going to turn blue. It's going to say Max. If you're a subscriber, uh, you'll get more Chip and Joanna Gaines things, house flipping shows. It, it actually, and then it makes it close when you go Max. Yeah. Makes it closer to Cinemax. Yes. Yeah, which is not the brand you no, want to be. No, you do think of Cinemax. Absolutely. You're like, I want to Now you're Max. thinking, oh, I'm going to see some late night softcore porn. Some Red Sheet yeah. Diaries yeah. with uh, David yeah. Duchovny. <laughs> Yeah, Skinamax right there. 
They are yeah. promising on average more than 40 new titles and uh, TV shows seasons every month. Wow, that's a lot. And they're going to add a lot. Well, that's a lot of the reality TV. They think yes. That's going to be a lot of the reality yeah. TV stuff, which is easy to produce. So, Cheap. right. Yeah, there, this this thing is merging. Uh, here's the pricing structure. Currently, HBO Max, I think, is like $15 a month, $16 a month. Uh, so there's three tiers. There's one, and these names aren't the greatest either. There's one called Max Ad Light. Uh, it's $10 a month or $100 a year. Uh, you get two concurrent streams and uh, uh, some ads, I guess. Then there's Max Ad Free, which is like the current one, $15.99 a month. Two streams, I think no ads. And then there's Max Ultimate Ad Free, which is $20 a month or $200 a year. And you get four streams at once. Uh, 4K uh, offline, offline downloads and stuff, whatever. But oh, so currently HBO Max is sixteen. It's fifteen ninety nine per month. That's good. The price is going to stay the same for the ad free plan, but the ad support supported plan is ten dollars. So lots to choose from. They announced a lot of things, uh, prequels to Game of Thrones uh, and other things. But I'm just going to mention two of the things they released during this uh, presentation. One is this in production teaser for the Penguin Show. Uh, which is it's a weird thing to put out. Just it's a teaser saying the show is in production. However, you watch this and it's got the tone of Matt Reeves, the Batman. You got Colin Farrell in that crazy makeup, and it looks like he is having a ball being the kingpin of Gotham. Uh, what'd you guys make of this? Did this do anything for you? This little teaser. I don't think it was enough to get me crazy about it, but yeah, I would I would say the same. The only thing is, I like. It's just interesting watching Colin Farrell play that role. Yeah. So there's a there, the hook is that is you get to see yeah. Colin Farrell be a, a limping, overweight Italian guy that kind of looks like a penguin, which and is like yeah, kind of a kind of almost sells itself. It's crazy. <laughs> like you for, you can't even tell it's him, and he's clearly like I got the sense that he's having a ball playing this character and uh chewing the scenery you also got yeah Clint. i mean he grew up with an he's an irish guy yeah he's got thick irish so accent put, so he probably grew up and he was going i'm watching mobster movies going i, I wish i could do that yeah. i want to do that one day now yeah. he didn't do it uh i like you, the limp when he's walking up the stairs yeah that's funny he's got the little <laughs> penguin fucking shuffle waddle and then that one scene where he just blows the guy away and starts laughing i was like fuck that's that's pretty maniacal when they did it where he was laughing and the wrinkles were on his face yeah, i was going yeah. wow that's crazy makeup yeah yeah it, makeup is fucking fantastic it, it looks really good i mean i'm looking forward to this i don't know when it's coming out uh clancy brown is playing salvatore moroni and you got christine miliati playing sofia falcone uh so some a good cast and it's in production so uh, the other thing they mentioned, this is kind of out of our wheelhouse. We're not big Harry Potter fans. It's Harry Potter news, but this no. is kind of big news. But okay. look, we clearly this this is a big fandom, has a huge fan base. Harry Potter fans, you know, love the characters that have played these characters. The actors to them are the definitive actors who played these characters. Possibly they have announced that uh, working with J.K. Rowling, they are going to reboot Harry Potter as a TV show, uh, recast the whole thing, do the books all over again, essentially do the stories that were told in the seven movies, uh, possibly giving them a 10 season commitment, taking one season to do every book. 
uh, in hopes that I think they want to make it more diverse and stuff. But this is kind of crazy because it's the Harry Potter franchise is, I mean, it's a couple of years old. It's maybe like two, what, 20 years at this point. They Less tried to that? do the, they tried to do like the spinoff. Yes. Fantastic beasts didn't really hit as well. No. So it, is it, is it smart or is it a move of desperation? They clearly like, we have this IP. We need to do something with it. JK Rowling is problematic in certain cases also, but they're decided to go ahead and work with her and then just redo the stories again. So what is there for Harry Potter fans who have seen this done once? They're going to give them the same shit again, but maybe fleshed out more, more detail, taking more time. I don't know. I have no skin in the game here. I, I don't, you know, and that's the thing. I don't either. So I was like, I, I, this is a tough, this, this, I'm going to make this a trifecta. I have no opinion on this whatsoever. It's just crazy. Like, it doesn't bother me either. Right. Like you can just recast it. It's try to make these characters like all these, uh, I don't know why it would bother you. You don't care. I don't care, but I think it's crazy <laughs> that they're doing this like so soon. Uh, it is a little soon, right? right? So I, 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 I agree with that. Uh, let me tell you one my Harry Potter story. It's not really a great story, but it is. <laughs> it's my only Harry Potter story. I the first time I ever saw Harry Potter, I, it was I was in college, and my college um, was was I in college? I don't fucking remember where I was. <laughs> I was in college. I think I saw my friends were like super pumped to see Harry Potter, and they were like, "Go see Harry Potter with us." like all right fine i'll go fucking see this stupid ass movie i went and saw harry potter and the deathly hallows part one that's the okay. first ever harry potter movie i see okay. one two three four five six seven so the seventh movie so not obviously not <laughs> ideal yeah and i wa- i hated the fucking movie i was like this is the worst shit ever i don't know why anyone likes this granted i went and saw the seventh movie probably not the best place to start <laughs> yeah did you um, know what was going on but from that point on i already knew i didn't like harry potter because i thought the books were fucking weird looking I thought the I thought the little freaking kid with the glasses riding a broom or whatever the hell he's doing on the books was stupid, and I saw the movie. I think is stupid, and yeah, I think the whole thing's stupid. But you know, respect to everyone that likes it. My Harry Potter experience was I was working at this job right, and there was this girl, a really really cute girl, and she read Harry Potter, and she was telling me about this all oh, this book. It's so great. I'm like, I read comics. I don't need to read that shit. And but there was a there was like a dude kind of like a, a an incel kind of dude, and he like read all the books just so he could talk to her about the books. And I'm like, dude, that's a little desperate. But uh, that's my experience with Harry Potter. I thought it was <laughs> lame from the get go. I wouldn't even even to talk to a hot girl. I wouldn't even read it or even fucking mm-hmm. pretend to like it. But um, yeah, there you go. Look, it's got it's, <laughs> it's got a fandom. I liked Harry Potter the first time I saw it when it was called X Men. But whatever, that's just sure. me. Yeah, you know, it's or Star been, Wars. That's been Imran's running joke for that's a while. My, that's my dig. But it's got clearly there's money to be made here. It's got a huge fan base. There's a whole world. We and like Potter fans are still every like they, everywhere. It's still well, yeah, it's pretty big. I just. So for them to redo it, I think it's kind of smart to uh, bring it into a new generation and keep it going. But it just seems odd that it's so soon. Anyways, whatever. That's all that shit's coming to Max. Look it up. Last thing from Peacock, not to be outdone. Uh, we just talked about a Penguin spinoff. I got another spinoff TV show. This one is a teaser for The Continental, the John Wick spinoff TV show coming to Peacock. Uh, about the Continental Hotel, the World of Assassins in the 70s. 
and a young Winston, I guess, and how he becomes in charge of the Continental. Uh, this trailer was kind of fun. It's got your 70s vibe. What would you guys think? Does this uh, get you interested? There's some, do you see some brief action? Doesn't look I, bad. I can't uh, tell who the lead character is. I don't know what this is. Um, <laughs> it's just not definitive enough to know. Like, I know it's about the Continental. I know it's about the hotel. It could be about the underworld and all that stuff. But I feel like John Wick is the character we follow through this. So we oh, need yeah. this is a, a definite. We need. I, I don't know who that person is in this story. Is it? Is it Wilson? You said it's Winston. Ian McShane's Winston. character. Yeah, Winston. It's Winston. Yeah, Winston. I would rather see Christopher Walken order a bottle of champagne. Yeah, come to the <laughs> Continental. Yeah. Find champagne. Mel Gibson is in this playing somebody named Cormac for three episodes. Uh, that's what it just says here. And Colin Waddell is playing young Winston Scott. Uh, okay. Anthony, uh, we, look, I made you watch all the John Wicks. Does this uh, intrigue you at all? No. Uh, <laughs> and the reason for it is, one, John Wick is set a high bar. You You really need to tease out some action if you're going to do this yeah two kind of looks like a tv show it looked oh, pretty cheap and it's only a three episode thing oh it's a didn't look it didn't look it didn't look to me it didn't really look like john wick look hey, like shit yeah that's, what, got, I, that's what i thought on it you got some people firing guns a dude with it a looks sword. like john wick one <laughs> yeah when they didn't have any money you there's know, but there's uh, uh shootings yeah i don't know look, we might watch it and it might be awesome yeah I mean, if they can make like three movie length episodes and the same kind of action movie length, I mean, like if there's only three, make them a little bit longer. Well, the thing is, it's like you have an ad a teaser like I should remember it. Yeah. And I hardly remember it. It's so. kind of generic. though. Know, yes, I will. Yeah, I did get that feeling. Like that, memorability like, is like a huge thing, because if I forget what happens in a movie, like after a, or in a commercial, like. 20 seconds after I watch it. It's not a good good. commercial. What was that selling? That's good. Yeah, this can either be horrible or it's going to be great. I don't know. Could go either way for me, but uh, I'd like more John Wick. I'd like to see John Wick, but uh, this is in the past. So we get to pick one. All right. That's it for the news. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we have an update on our latest action movie tournament, and we will be reviewing. An amazing action movie right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey there, everyone. Brian here, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post-credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia. I'm Imran. And I'm Sophia. I'm the brother. And I'm the sister. And we are watching a show about cousins. We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a perfect strangers rewatch podcast. We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom, and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the Dance of Joy. Iman, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Oh, po, po. Doc and her. 
Listener, if you enjoy this show and you get a chuckle or a cringe or a geek boner, geek boner, every time you listen, it is a great time to give back and join our Patreon fan club. Why? Because there's bonus content on uh, our Patreon RSS feed, an exclusive feed just for our Patreon supporters. Shows come out early. Extra bonus bullshit. We have a great bonus episode out right now. Anthony, why don't you tell them? What's going on over there? Yeah, so I I think I've been teasing it a little bit on the regular show, but if you haven't been listening, or if you haven't just didn't hear me, or you forgot because I speak and and you don't want to listen to me, that's fine. Sorry, but, what was that? Exactly. So <laughs> we have this thing called Patreon, and on it we released or we recorded and released our picks for the next action movie tournament, and this one's going to be a little different in that we're combining eras and we're doing just an overall 21st century action movie tournament and we decided on 40 movies but we only actually picked 38 because if you're not a patreon subscriber jump on there and listen because we are giving our patreon subscribers a chance to vote on the last two remaining movies out of six i believe there is a patreon exclusive poll to vote on the last two slots shout out to john Pilati jr who always joins us to help us pick these movies. Oh, yeah. He was on there, too. And, I mean, 40 is a lot. Who knew there are so many uh, wonderful action movies in the last 23 years that it got kind of out of control, but I'm glad we're doing 40. So we need your help to pick the last two slots only on Patreon. This poll will be open through April 23rd, so there is still time to sign up and vote and listen. Listen to the episode first. You'll hear the list of movies. And you can vote on the movies available to fit those last two slots. There also will be a little bonus update going up with uh, your uh, what's happening so far, the results of the poll, some of the comments we got, and suggestions for action movies. Lots of fun stuff over on the Patreon. You also get Discord benefits. We do a monthly Discord hangout. This month's hangout, April 2023. It's this week. It's the day after oh, this shit. show posts, Thursday, April 20th, 8 p.m. Oh, my God. Be there or be rhombus, be rectangle. Uh, and there's a you pick it tier where you can pick any movie you want for us to watch and review. Lots of fun stuff. Love our Patreon community. Join it today. Talking nerd. Uh, and in fact, for this week's movie review, here's a little bit of spoiler alert about uh, the 21st century action movie tournament. One of the movies on the list is 2011's The Raid Redemption. That is we are, what we are reviewing right now. Here is your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, one of these uh, cult great action movie that came out in the 2000s on Rotten Tomatoes. The Raid Redemption sitting at 87% tomato meter. 7.5 out of 10. Uh, also 87% audience score. Uh, and interesting, when this movie came out, Roger Ebert gave the movie one star. Oh, shit. This is a one star mm. Ebert movie. Eh, it's not for him. I love Ebert. I always, I've always read him for years growing up and I always like kind of agree with this, but maybe it wasn't for him. I don't agree with this clearly one star. Not. Yeah, clearly not. I don't know. I don't agree. Uh, the budget of this movie, a slim $1.1 million. Uh, box office doesn't make a lot, nine point three million dollars, but goes on to make another ten million uh, on DVD in the U.S. In the U.K., becomes uh, fifth best-selling foreign language film on home video in 2012. 
So this movie lived on, it lives on. It's spread around by word of mouth. This is uh, an entirely Indonesian production in what is the language they speak over there? It's in the, is it called uh, Indonesian or yeah, Malay called Indon- Indonesian? Yeah. Indonesian. Yes. So it is not in English. It has subtitles uh, directed and written by uh, a white guy, Gareth Evans. There's a story about that. We'll get Entirely it in Indonesian production, except the guy who directs it. Yeah, except the guy who directed and wrote it. And as far as the cast, the notable people you need to know from the Indonesian action movie landscape is Iko Uwais playing the lead Rama and uh, Joe Taslim uh, as Jaka. And uh, there's a dude who looks like Ali Young. It's not Ali Young. Looks like a young. His name is Yayan Ruhian playing Mad Dog, who also helped with the stunt coordinating. Uh, and then a lot of Indonesian names. I'm not going to tell you anymore because uh, you're probably not going to know them. doesn't matter. Anthony, had you you had had you seen this before? I watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. After, nice. uh, yeah. after, John, after seeing John Wick 4 and going, wow, that was fucking great action, I literally went, I got to catch up and watch some of the action movies that everyone talks about and then that kind of inspired me to message you guys and go hey we're doing a 21st century tournament yeah and i love when we prepare for these tournaments that we're you know we're going to review a couple of these movies because we all got to rewatch uh, there's 40 movies you know out of them there's a bunch that i need to rewatch. but reviewing them on the show is a great way to lead up to the tournament so i'm ha- i was like glad we were reviewing the raid because i also had never seen it i'd seen saw the one scene but i wanted to sit down and watch it uh anthony what happens in the raid redemption the Raid Redemption is a about a basically like a SWAT team, but in Indonesia that is tasked with clearing a building that is run overrun by a drug lord. And the main character played by Iko Uwais. Is it Iko Uwais? Yeah, I don't know how you say it. I don't, I don't know exactly how to say it. He's playing yeah. the character named Rama, who's a rookie police officer, has a kid, um, Part of the mission, but also part of the mission for Wait, different have reasons. A kid yet. She's pregnant. He's got a pregnant, pregnant wife. Right. Yeah. And he's part of the mission to do his job, but he's also in it for another reason. And the basic premise is they just got to fight their way up the building and clear it out. Yeah. They kind of go in uh, under weird terms. And yeah, there's some, there's some twists, some yeah. twists there, but that very basic premise. But it overall. is essentially kind of like. Your Mad Max Fury Road, where they made it from one end to the other, then they got to go back, and it's just fucking action all the it's, way through. It's this, they just got to go up, and they got to survive. And then come back down, only way out. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get into it. After watching it for the first time, finally, what are your thoughts uh, once the movie ended? Why don't you start, since you're the last one that's seen it? Okay, yeah. And I, I actually, uh, I watched it twice. I rented this thing, Whoa. and I ran it twice. Holy shit. Yeah, I see why people consider this one of the best action martial arts movies of all time. This is an experience. It's uh, visceral. It's violent. Uh, amazing hand-to-hand combat. Great uh, uh, gun gun stuff. Uh, and just the, the long takes of the fight choreography and the way the camera work is like married and very specifically melded with this fight choreography I thought was amazing. Some of the fighting look fucking real. Like at points, you know, it's not real. Some of it looked like I'm like, somebody must have got hurt here because some of the shit looked absolutely like they were getting the shit beat out of them and they weren't acting. Uh, but no, I really love this movie. The twists are great. It's a good runtime, efficient storytelling. It gives you like a little montage. Get literally gets right into it. Uh, and uh, the, the bad guy is also great. Tama. You got Rama. You got Jaka. You got Tama. I did love the bad Mad guy. Mad dog. 
And then Mad Dog. Yes. And uh, a couple of great uh, action scenes that we'll get into. But holy shit. I was like, okay, I get it. This is uh, this makes other things look fucking like they're just cartoons. Yeah. I I, uh, I saw it maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I liked it then. You can definitely see the influence uh, it had on the way modern action movies are made. Up until this point, there was a, a high prevalence, some used well, some not very used, used very well, of shaky cam and quick cuts, and this movie went against the grain and did longer takes. I mean, there was shaky cam, don't get me wrong, but they were using it in a way that kind of enhanced the film. Yeah. Um, very basic story. Uh, but you're there for the fights and the fight scenes are, are amazing. Uh, the two on one at the end is great. Uh, the, the hallway fights. I mean, there's just so many good fight scenes. There's a lot of really cool camera work too. the scene where they're cutting a hole in the floor and then the camera follows them down the hole in the oh, floor yeah. and just, and you like you said, brutal action. You get enough of Rama to know who he is and what yep. he's fighting for. And, you know, this isn't uh, Schindler's List. This isn't no, no, this yes. isn't that. But Not what by it's trying, by what it's trying to accomplish, it yeah. is. I mean, almost flawless in terms of providing action that is just easy to watch, fucking brutal, gripping, well choreographed. And you're right, like looks real. It looks real. The handheld camera work in this is amazing. There's a lot of it, but it almost at times feels like a documentary. But the way they, you know, specifically match the camera work to the fights, uh, you get to, and even each fight is like a story within itself. There is a rhythm to it. There is a middle and end uh, and a beginning. You know, there's a conclusion. Like the fights itself are choreographed to tell a mini story within this larger story. Rugs, what's your take on the raid? You've probably seen this a number of times. Oh, yeah. So uh, let me give you a little bit of a run- runway here is that. So Ong Bak comes out in 2003, all right? It, it breaks the door wide open for this area of of martial arts. So like, uh, even though Indonesia and, and Thailand are not the same thing, they're, it, you're moving south. You're, you're moving south into all these new- We're getting away from new, the Hong Kong stuff. Yeah, right? we're getting away from Hong Kong. We're looking at, now in, in this uh, is, is Salat. We had uh, Muay Thai in Ong yep. Bak. But anyway, Ong Bak was a movie that was not the greatest story, but- Tony Ja electrified and introduced like all this hard hitting. Uh, I mean, I, this is what I think. They're just they're actually hitting each other on screen. That's what's going be. on. It, that's it what it be. looks and the like. Impact are so like well done and on another level of like either people willing to take the shots or yeah. whatever. That oh, the raid. Now this is a bunch of years later after Ang Bak and Tony Ja has like they're looking for the next guy now, right? And Eco Waste is this guy uh, who's uh, a master at Salat and um, Gareth Evans go on there and, and, and he, um, he, he f- shooting a documentary about this martial art. And then this gives him the, uh, the idea to make this movie. So um, he is f- showcasing this martial art that we've never seen before in this movie. Yeah, tell me about what is it called? This fighting style is called Pensac Salat. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert in what it is, but I mean, it is. It's. It reminds me a lot of like Krav Maga, but like Indonesian version. It's just like very direct, bone crunching, uh, direct hits. Like, there's not a lot of like, 
you know, waving your arms around and shit. And right. like, it's very, very visceral. Like, so I, I've never seen fighting like this where these dudes are throwing their elbows and as weapons, they're using their knees, uh, their body weight a the, lot of yes, times. A lot of it's full body fighting. There's, uh, you know, jabs and punches. But a lot of elbows and knees and propelling your knee into the guy's head. It looked fucking real. I was like, well, how is this not real? To add on to rugs and continue after this, rugs is we were getting away from the Hong Kong stuff. And the Hong Kong stuff was getting very wiry, ah, you know, ah. very wushu wiry, yeah. flying around. And starting with Ong Bak, it brought it the martial arts and the action back to a little bit more of a brutal edge. Yeah, there was like uh, in the 70s and 80s, Sammo Hung. Uh, did a lot of the direction of the, of the movies, and also Jackie Chan directed a lot of the, his own movies. And and uh, there was this whole idea of like letting the shots stay. You're not cutting all the time. You're yeah, like yeah. letting letting the martial artists show you the art. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, Gareth Evans was a, a fan of this shit, and he like brought that into. And I think that um, I watched an interview he did, and he was talking about. Um, yeah, how he just like basically was like started watching all those movies that he grew up with over and over again and just analyzing it. So he was analytically trying to make a really good martial arts film. Like he wasn't just like flying by the seat of his pants in like Indonesia going, yeah, let's see what the fuck happens. No, he like he like um him and Iko Uwais and, and Genghis Khan guy, whatever his name is. Um I freaking forgetting his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, Mad Dog. Oh, Ali yeah. Young. Yeah, no, I'll, yeah, Ryuhi, whatever his yeah. name is. Oh, Yayan Ruyan, Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah Ruyan, yeah. yeah. Ruyan. I can't pronounce that name. I don't even have it in front of me, so I can't even read it. But, like, they would go and, like, like shoot this on video, like, the whole entire fight scene, and then oh. reshoot it and reshoot it again. Oh, shit. Until they had, like, a shot-for-shot shot thing that they're going to re- repeat when they actually made the movie. I did see that. And so he was meticulous about it, and... You know, he wanted to hide certain things and he wanted to show like maximum impact. And so this is like as much as Iko Uwais skill with fight fighting and, 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 and being a master salat, I think that the director is really huge in, in adding even more impact to these fights. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets the initial fighting. Yeah, style. I mean, those shots where he's. The camera's moving around the hallway, and you don't see that the camera's in the hallway, and they're doing 360 shots of them circling while they're fighting. Oh, yeah. That's movie magic right there. Yeah, I think that they also uh, introduce, like, great finishing moves and brutality Mm -hmm. and uh, impact. Like, he's he's ramming a guy's face into the wall, like, numerous times. times. Like, one of my favorite scenes in this is when he's got the batons. And they're all coming at him with the fucking machetes. Yeah, there's mach- the machete and king. And he and this is right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, like, it was yeah. one of the first major fight scenes. Yeah, and it's like it's like hard and fast. It's like moving at top speed. And uh, I was just watching um, Ip Man, and um, it, in comparison, like they're moving slow mo compared <laughs> oh, to this shit. And then yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like they're, they're moving at full speed, but it seems slow compared to this kind of trading blows and and just like uh blades just missing with like a fraction of an inch yeah and they're spinning around and it's clearly like i love how like there's no stuntman like this is the guy he's doing his own stunts and he's the actor it's all yeah that so that scene is when he's taking his buddy to like room 726 right so not only he's got to fight these dudes off and he's trying to protect his friend who is injured and on the ground 
And like the tension is great because this whole building is full of bad guys. Tama has alerted them that like take them out. You will get to stay here for free. So you don't know where people people are flying out of the doors. Everybody's coming for you. A lot like John Wick. Uh, a lot like Dread. As of this, you know, the Judge Dread movie had the same thing. But the building becomes a great location with the center hollow stairwell to do fun things. Um, oh yeah, I mean, he throws someone off the stairwell and they're big. They big break their back. He yeah. just lands. There's perfectly. great fatalities yeah. in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I also love like, and there there is slow mo, but I love how he uses slow mo in uh, stuff relating to gunshots, where the kid gets shot every time there's a gunshot. It's kind of in slow mo. That one scene where they're in the dark, he's killed the lights, and the guy shoots. The other guy notices something, uh, uh, you know, on the level above. He goes, "Wait, you see the slow mo muzzle flash, and it reveals their location." And then the dudes just fucking open fire, slaughter a lot of them right away uh, in the first firefight. Yeah, I mean, there's some brilliant stuff in here. It, it is like it, it ramps up the tension as it goes. And then you kind of uh, get to that crescendo fight where they're both fighting the mad dog. Mm-hmm. And um, that's like a crazy fight. A I mean, it go- insane fight. It goes on a little bit long. I love but, it. I, I love but it. It's great. I yeah. Going because you know, like it changed offense changes so many times. And again, they're telling a story like you, they think you think they have them and then he flips it and then they flip it again. And you're like, holy shit. Uh, it's just, well, you, it we also get evolved. the establishing of this little guy who you yeah, think, oh my Mad God, dog. this little guy. But you get the establishment that Mad Dog kills uh, Joe Taslam's character with his right. bare hands. Right. And says that he, that's what he likes to do. Yeah. So you get this build up character and he, the guy's literally taking on both and he's like and it's credible. Yes. He's this little guy. Yeah. And yeah, he, he's like yeah. in the room torturing the guy, and when he sees he just lets him off and like yeah. lets him get taken down. He's like, All right, both of you, let's go. Well, I <laughs> love and I love how they set that up because these are the, the two henchmen of uh Tama, Mad Dog and Andy, and Andy turns out to be Rama's brother, why he's really there to get him out. Uh, and I love how they don't trust each other. You, you, they set that up right away, uh, and then he's torturing him, and then him and his brother. That fight scene is crazy. It's it is, insane. Yeah, it's two on one. It's a really long. A uh, couple of great uh, details about how it ends. Again, the story. You think it's over when he takes a glass tube, the shattered fluorescent tube, and shoves it in Mad Dog's neck. You're like, all right, he got him. Nope. Mad Dog does not go down. Still Did kicks you, their ass with yes, the tube in his neck. With blood spurting out of the fucking tube for like another two minutes until Rama gets him and like just fucking drags it across his neck. God, it's so fucking. During that graphic. fight, Mad Dog does one of my, this crazy ass move where like he's clearly smaller and he can't flip the guy with, yes, with his feet. Out of the so he, to, about. he kicks his feet out and uses his body weight to pull the other yeah, guy in the and air flip him and over. Flip him. I was like, that's fucking impressive. I didn't even think about yeah, that. It's movie. very memorable. That, so, yeah. yeah, this is one of the things about this movie is that I remember it after I watched. I remember like a lot of this crazy shit. How about that other kill in that one hallway scene where he, he throws a guy through the door. The door is broken. Oh, yeah. He puts his then, neck through it. Yes, he grabs the guy's head and kind of jump, throws his legs backwards, slams the guy's neck right on the jagged, broken pieces of the fucking wooden door. I was like, well, oh, my God. Before, that one's awesome. But going back to the when he kills Mad Dog, I'm watching it now. First off, there's really good music throughout yeah. it. They build it. But Was Mike Shinoda the guy who did the music? Or is was that, that this that one? Ri- 
Was that the Raid 2? It might have been the Raid 2. It's like good industrial electronica kind of fucking... We have to look that up. But uh, while while we figure that out, I like how right before he's... So he's, the way he kills Mad Dog is yeah. he breaks one arm, he breaks his other arm, he breaks his back, then he fucking takes the tube and thro- cuts it across his throat. I was oh, like, geez, oh my God. That's the final kill. <laughs> you put this guy down, like fucking John Wick, one in the head. It is, I mean, it's just, it's a great fight scene. I know some people think it's long. I know Bilotti mentioned it on our Patreon that he thought it was a little long. I thought it was just, I was just enamored by seeing two guys this one guy fight you never really see it like that usually yeah. the villain usually the hero is fighting two people or fighting more than one right in this case the villain is fighting two and he's a little guy and yet you're like fucking kill that little guy and he's <laughs> kicking their ass yeah open their ass it's so crazy uh, let me just throw in i love the movie I, I think it's great i have just two small criticisms of the movie okay i think it's budget budget reasons but it is. You got to call these out. I think the movie looks like shit in terms of actually like, in, like the camera's great, but I think it's co- the saturation's not great. It's I know almost, what he's going for. It's almost black and white. Uh, I know he's going time. for this grunge look, but yeah. if you go look at the Raid Two, it looks completely different, and the impact is still there. Um, number yeah, two, I think it's I think it's to hide the cheapness of the set. Yeah, like, that's, like, I mean they're they're hiding stuff, right? Like it's I think it's budget. Number two, because the movie. Um, I think filmed a million fight scenes. Yeah, I think they lose track of who dies and who doesn't because there's some scenes where oh, he's killed some people and then they show up later. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say that. <laughs> like they kill that guy with the long hair like six times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of the '80s action movies yeah, where you yeah. would see weird shit and you're like, wait a minute, they fucked that up and they just kept it in. Yeah. So those are the those are my two criticisms of the movie. <laughs> well, and it, so my other my only other criticism is like it just it ends kind of anticlimactic, weird because then the bad guy just gets kind of shot in the head. But yeah, yeah, the bad, yeah, the, the the ending is not as robust as it like should have been. Two on one fight is your big essential last uh, action. Mike Shinoda, scene. by the way, did do the music. Oh, in the did US. do the music. Yeah. yeah, but that's all. You know, the resolution of the real bad guy and Tama is the. Basically, never trust the one white guy in your group, right? That's all that comes down to. Because he fucking sold him out and screwed him. Well, he's, and they is he white? He's just a light-skinned Indonesian. No, he's, he's no, just a guy with, grown with gray hair. <laughs> no. Not, no, isn't he a white guy? He looks like no, a white guy. No, he not, looks really? whitish, but like... <laughs> His I name think is that Wegu. I totally thought I'm like, who's this old white no, guy? With white. All these, there's a uh, large, there's a large diaspora of. of uh, <laughs> he looks like a fucking Indonesian. Caucasian, yeah, bro. Indonesia, Indonesia has a yeah, very, swear, very, very the, ethnically no, diverse. Look, the guy playing Wahoo, his name is Pierre Gruno. That doesn't mean he's white. Like he's full white. He, no, his name is Pierre well, Gruno. Hold on. I was like, I was like watching uh, Ip Man Four, and mm-hmm. there's a scene. Where there's a guy who's clearly some part Asian, or either, or maybe I've just observed this Fuck, wrong. He's an Indonesian actor and model. So oh, yeah, all right. Okay. Wow, he looks but so they were calling Asian. him white the whole time because uh, the narrative needed him to be white. See, he could play and, a and, fucking uh, white guy. And uh, I just thought it was very odd. <laughs> no, the, the best is in Shin Godzilla when they have the Japanese chick. Oh, yeah. That, that they say is from America. Or like <laughs> she half, Ama- half, Asian, half American, right? And they have her speak English, and she has a heavy Japanese accent. She's supposed <laughs> to be the American representative. She's, that's how they sound. Like, it's weird sometimes when they do make those choices. Yeah, but, you Asian know, movies. They got to do what they got to do. Uh, or, or even like uh, 
Squid Game, they have the oh yeah the Americans in the the room with the masks. And yeah, they're, they're talking in such a way that's like no man speaks English that way. Yes, <laughs> a, little, a little exaggerated. But I, yeah. I guarantee when we do the same shit, same they're like, we "This is wrong." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, so wrong. But that's just part of the part of the deal. So part of the charm, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, it I, is fun. I love the uh, couple of other great scenes. Well, yeah, they're going through the rooms, but then. The propane tank into the fridge bomb. Oh, that's great. That's fucking great. That's uh, good. The, the one where they're hiding in the walls. Yes, the hiding yeah. in the walls is crazy. The guy just shoves his machete and cuts his cheek, and he just barely manages to wipe the blood off, so he yeah, doesn't yeah, notice. That, yeah, it's, that's, that's well done. That's really well done. And I really like Tama, even though the, the main guy they're after doesn't get to fight, his intro is fucking great. It's, he's menacing. He's just executing dudes. Uh, as they're on their knees and then runs out of bullets and, and just gets a hammer and he's like, I'll be right back. But I loved his, I really bought him as like a psychotic. You don't know what this guy's going to do. He's a crazy motherfucker. I thought yeah, he did a good and, job. And and there's some twists. You have the brother twist. You have the yeah. bad cop who thinks he's not a white guy going in there to eliminate Tama. And it's actually, they sent him in there to get eliminated. To die. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows they're there. They can't get any help. It's yeah. also clever. Like they take out the truck right away. So yeah. they have no transportation. Like it's very well done. His system of communication in the building. Uh, oh, when he, he bum rushes the dude out the window and they fall into the fire escape from outside. That looked pretty cool. Let me, let me ask rugs this real quick. Cause he, he's the, early, he definitely saw this the earliest. Did you see this like right around when it came out? I saw it as soon as I could get it on video. Yeah, that that was that's my next question. How quick did this spread amongst action fans? Where it was the people oh, were going? We were to like, see this? we were like all like, oh, you got to watch the raid. It's you got to check this movie out. Like all the people that I like, got, I had a like a small group of guys that were in, really into action movies. But I would always get everything first because mm-hmm. I'm just like a maniac like that. I have to get it like as soon mm-hmm. as it comes out. So you knew about and, this right away. Yeah, I I think so. I was on a lot of uh, message boards that were all action based, action movie stuff, and so I was I was deeply into this stuff. And uh, back in those days, uh, yeah, there was the more of an internet community where you could go. Like there was like uh, Dark Horizons and Ain't It Cool News mm-hmm. and fucking I can't remember the other ones. There's a bunch of different ones, and they would always be into like action, the newest action movie and. And so I would find out from there and and um and get a hold of these things. And they reviewed them and gave them great reviews. So uh yeah, it was for me as as Ong Bak like completely reignited my faith in in uh martial arts film because mm-hmm. I as I said, I was getting tired because they were doing great martial arts films in, in Hong Kong and and but I had already seen like The Killer and all those movies and, and Hard Boiled and and all in Iron Monkey and all those other like um, uh, historical uh, Hong Kong films with with the with the swords and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the wire work. So I was like waiting for a resurgence in like I, I don't even know why. I think Rapid Fire. Uh, when I saw that movie, I was like, okay, like when are we gonna get another action star like that can do shit? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Ang Bak comes out like a few years later. And I was like, all right, this guy's the motherfucker. And then all of a sudden, this guy's the motherfucker. And then all of a sudden, there's been like a whole resurgence of this stuff. And John Wick is like the pinnacle of it. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that um, 
you know, these these movies are uh, because of John Wick now getting a little little bit of a little bit of riz. Yeah. You, you can know? see straight line from the raid to John Wick, right? It's well, it, not only the raid to John Wick, but after having reviewed Dread with you guys, you see the oh, clear Dread yes. influence. Dread is the same thing. Like, he goes <laughs> to the building, he's got to find his way. Lock down a building. Yeah, yeah. same fucking story. It's not martial arts based, no. right? No. But uh, the and the, the building yeah, was similar yeah. too, right? And oh, Dread, yeah. it was open in the middle, just like the fucking raid. But I remember hearing about this movie for years. I love how this opens because you get a great like montage like you would get in the 80s. Now, Indonesia being a predominantly Muslim country, you see the dude praying and training and he's a badass. And I got to say, watching this made me feel really guilty because it's Ramadan and I'm not fasting and I'm not exercising like the fat fuck that I am. And here's this guy who's praying five times a day and kicking ass. <laughs> so, yeah, did not feel great. But, you know, to each yourself. What are you going to do? Uh, but just it is way, a very eighties open, we're right? Just, I, but I love it. It guys works. Training. You he, see him punching the bag real yep. fast. And you go, he's, yeah, he's clearly a badass. He's badass. He prays. He's got a pregnant wife. Boom! And then you're right into the truck, heading to the building, and they're explaining what they have to do. I was like, all right, they didn't waste no time. Uh, I fucking love it. Uh, yeah. What other favorite scenes? I think we went over all. There's like two big hallway scenes. Which are iconic and again influences in the Daredevil show and other things and uh, also oh yeah, Airboy. all of those hallway fights are, are are coming from this movie here. Yeah, yeah, like this and Old Boy are the two hallway fight movies, and um, I think Old Boy. When did Old Boy come out? At old you? Boy was first, so this takes kind of Old Boy and does ah, it to another yeah. Level. Okay, so, so you have Ong Bak Old Boy, uh, kind of like in the DNA of this movie as well. Mm-hmm. I love like analyzing this shit because like you know that they all watch the same shit because right. it's all the shit that they fucking love. And they're like, How right? can we one up that? And do it. Yeah, bigger. how can we go? Yeah. How can we take another another thing and make it different? So it's it's, it's interesting the, the DNA. Drug in lab fight also very exciting. They're on tables, there's a lot of it's just another environment and it's also very visceral. Well that one's exciting too because not only uh Eco Uwais fighting, but there's another guy in there fighting. That's his his part, like his one of his people in his special forces unit. Oh, that's right, doesn't yeah, it? And that's them too against all those two, guys. Yeah, two against and then that because he gets killed too, right? Only three yeah. of these fuckers no, make it out think, at the end. Yeah, that went in, which is everybody else. Does he die? Dead. I forget. No, it's just the guy that he had in the room uh, is alive. The guy, yeah, the guy he stashed that got inserted. That's Bo- yeah. Bowo, I think was that character's yeah, name. Yeah, He's everybody right. else died. Yeah, so him and uh, the the white guy who's not a white guy. And uh, eco waste, yeah, and, yeah, and well, Andy's not, you know, I'm saying of uh, the cops that went oh, in. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Only fucking three of them come out. Uh, but some of the shit, dude, really like viscerally made me, uh, fucking clench my butthole a little bit. Like <laughs> when he takes the knife and stabs it into the thigh, and then like twists it and fucking drags it. Like there's some fucking well, what, what's good shit. about it though is it it is brutal. Yeah, it doesn't shy away from the brutality, but it doesn't glorify it yeah it doesn't live in the brutality it's not like gory for the sake of being gory yeah it's not yeah it's not it, it it's you don't have a scene where they linger on even like black in the back in the day blood sport they linger on the broken leg sure. for a bit and you're just like yeah. oh that's like fucking squeamish right there is squeamish stuff but they're not lingering on it they don't revel in the violence and the raid so is, is a little bit more of the hammer fight oh yeah well the raid, fucking, two, the raid two is another whole so, other yeah. discussion it's a different animal but like um he's got a show uh the gangs of london that's the, that this the guy gareth Ed- Everton oh, yeah. did this. Gareth evans does 
Yeah, he uh, it's, the, it's that show that Dope Hope's always going on and on about. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's a show and they have fight scenes. I don't watch the show, but every once in a while I'll YouTube the fight scenes and they're pretty fucking brutal. Mm. And there's good action, but I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if watching the action is enough to watch a whole entire series uh, for me, but um, I definitely will just YouTube the act. I used to do that with Banshee. Banshee also had good fight scenes too. Uh, so I would like, instead of watching the show, I'd be like, watch the fight scenes. And uh, you could see, so you could, if you're not interested in sitting through the whole season of that, um, the fight scenes are online. To check well, them out. Apparently this guy, Gareth Evans, his next movie is oh, called the, Havoc. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be on Netflix. Yes. Tom Hardy is yes. the lead. Forrest Whitaker, Timothy Oliphant are in the movie. Dude. It's an action thriller. Uh, oh, I'm, cool. I'm down. I'm down for whatever his next thing is with Tom After Hardy. After a drug deal goes awry, a detective must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son while entangling his city's dark web of conspiracy and corruption. There you go. Uh, Gareth Evans doing what he does best right in his wheelhouse. Fucking shit gone wrong. Got to sh- fight your way out and with Tom Hardy. Well, yeah, there's like, I feel like that he's one of the better directors. Oh, he's good. That, that understands action. Um, You got, you got the Slesky, you got Leach. Yeah. You got a couple of other guys that are really good. And um, McCory. Yeah. yeah and then McCoy. hopefully John Woo comes back with a, with the vengeance. He's, oh, did John Woo's silent Joel Kinnaman movie gets coming out. That's, yeah. I'm, let's I'm see, let's see that. if that's any good. So they've also been trying to make an American remake of this for many years. It's and, called Judge Dredd. Well, <laughs> all, but there's also there's a 2018 Philippine Philippine movie, Filipino movie called By Bust, which also has a similar premise. So, yeah, no, they want an American remake has been trying to get done. As of January 2022, Netflix had picked up the rights to make a remake of The Raid. It, the movie is going to be directed by Patrick Hughes whose credits include The Hitman's Bodyguard and Expendables 3, as uh, as well as this upcoming Netflix action comedy called The Man from Toronto that comes out in June. Uh, well, pretty tough. Yeah, if you want to see Ong Bak, Iko Uwais, and... Uh, Joe Taslim? No, I don't know if Joe Taslim... He's in everything. But, no. but uh, what's his name? Uh do uh be in, there's a movie called Triple Threat where all three of them are in there. Isn't oh. it Michael J. White and Scott Adkins too, right? Oh, yeah, Scott Adkins. Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to watch that at some point. It's not uh well, those not highly rated. It's not yeah. going to be as good as this, but they're all in it and they all fight each other. Yeah, that sounds so, fun. But uh, yeah, <laughs> check that. Out. To, to, to remake the raid, that yeah. I mean, that's going to be tough. I mean, if you look at remakes of Asian movies, the Old Boy was remade. Yeah. By Spike Lee, and that gets terrible reviews. Really, Spike Lee made an old boy. Why the fuck have I seen? Yeah, it? he did it. He did it with, with uh, shit. Josh Brolin. It and wasn't bad, terrible. but it wasn't bad. Like bad, bad. But I mean, it was like pointless. Like pointless. the yeah. movie, the the, the uh, Korean movie is just just a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I and think it, uh, it works better in that. It works better in that genre. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Bay is also producing the remake. Who did uh, Six Underground? Oh, he's done, yeah, because he's done a bunch of Netflix things. The plot says it's going to be set in Philadelphia in the drug infested Badlands. Or same thing. Elite undercover DEA task force has to go uh, climb the ladder of cartel to catch the kingpin. But are they going to do kung fu and stuff? I mean, I, See, uh, kung that's fu, the thing. Salat. Without, yeah. without that salat 
fighting style that's just use anything and everything around you. Kind of like John Wick, right? They does the same thing. But the fucking elbows and knees to the faces of this movie are just fucking brutal. Oh, you got to see, uh, you got to see Ong Bak. Okay, that's, there, I mean. There's more brutal. In my opinion, that's more knees and elbows. You, you got to watch Tom Young Gong, too. Oh that's that great. one's on my list. Yeah, these are all on my list, and they might be in our uh, tournament there. We'll find out. Uh, all right, let's uh, final thoughts. Give me a rating. Uh, what you think, Anthony? What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of oh, ten. Shit. The oh, only reason shit. it's deducted a half point is what I mentioned earlier. It looks a little shitty, and there are um, some stuff that they could have caught as far as actors that died and show up later. Uh, but nine and a half out of ten, it's for it is the influence is clear. Yeah. After especially yeah. after not seeing that, but seeing all the other stuff that's come after, and then coming back to this, like, oh, that's and it still holds up. Yeah. Great action. Uh, Eco waste is very impressive. Very simple premise, but it accomplishes it. It works with that premise, and it's really everything you can ask for. And if you like action movies, if you like martial arts, it's all that. It's fucking great. I loved it. His top tier, it's amazing fight choreography and camera work. And yeah, like you said, I think just for the fact that it's influenced so many things and kind of changed the game there, I could easily give this a nine uh, for the action movie grade. Absolutely. Rugs, what are you going to give it? Uh, I think I'm going to give it a nine as well. Um, it's got a little bit of a... Uh, letdown of an ending it doesn't end in like this crazy spectacular way right it kind of goes out on that one fight scene and then there's like a epilogue afterwards but other than that and a few other little things here and there i think it's really really remarkable and um it it does influence like a whole genre it's it it is it remember it's just a guy in a hallway beating people up. I mean, that's ba- yeah. basically what's, what's happening most of the time. Going up and down stairs and floors. Yeah. But to make that this good, yeah. that's a talented director and a really good fight choreographer and a very talented person who's doing the stunts. On the budget they had. Yeah, yeah. $1 million. So it's commendable yeah. in that way because like, they don't have all this limitless budget. They don't have all the fancy sets. They don't have, they can't go anywhere. Like, it's a raid, too. Like, it goes out in, into the world and they do all kinds of things and they're all different locations and they got a lot more stuff going on. But this movie's so small. Yeah. And it only has its, its stunt team, really, to, to, in, in the visuals and how it's shot to really drive it and that's just an accomplishment right there i don't know how he it got one star from ebert but i don't yes. think he was really paying attention because yeah. i think that if you do watch this and go wow they really entertain you with hardly anything just with just guys beating each other up for like a an extended period of time perfect runtime you know it's easy to watch doesn't overstay its welcome and fucking entertaining and i even like the resolution of the brothers at the end where you know, he went in there to get him out, but the the brother who works for the gang is like, "Look, this is this just fits. This suits me. It's my life. Thanks for coming, but I'm staying." And it needs a stronger female lead. <laughs> is that what it means? <laughs> Strong yeah. female lead. Strong female lead. I, yes. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Uh, that was a. Uh, it's definitely 
Uh, you got to watch if you are into action movies. It's part of the language now. And this is where it all came from. And uh, yeah, the sequel came out in 2014. Maybe we'll do that one too. Because now I definitely have to see Rate 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. It stinks. That was like when you get the thing on the end of the trumpet. You did a little. Wah, wah. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to share one quick comment uh, about our last episode from listener Brian Goff, who was at the last Discord hangout. Brian, it was great to see you there. Hope you hopefully you could join us again. Uh, but regarding last week's episode, he says hysterical episode. You guys killed it this week. I'm sorry it was at your expense, but the whole conversation about your age and the David Beckham picture was so goddamn funny. <laughs> and to that, I say I'm glad somebody got some enjoyment out of it. There was blood in the water, Imran. Humiliation. A shark can yeah. only do so much. It was funny. I mean, I laughed when I listened to it again. I was like, you motherfuckers. Anyways, that's what we do. Hilarity at my expense. Moving on. Hey, it's for the listeners. Yeah. You got to think well, of that. Yeah. It's for you. I do this. I take this abuse. For you, hey, you bring it on yourself. You you equated the raid to your not being a good Muslim and working out. Ah, <laughs> you did that. I mean, we didn't know, say anything. You always, did that. Yeah, it made me ashamed to be a good Muslim. <laughs> it had literally nothing to do with you, and you found a way to, to relate it to yourself. Everything's about me. Like this next <laughs> thing, it's not. Rick Martinez posted a link to this article. About uh, the Amazon acquired MGM a little while ago, and they are planning on uh, developing a lot of properties. In the headline, it says Robocop, Stargate, Barbershop, and more series being developed by Amazon. Rick Martinez says, let's see how many actually get made. But I thought it was exciting that now Amazon owns this MGM content. They could do a fucking cool Robocop TV show. Would you want to see a Robocop TV show? What's it about? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Maybe bring back what's his face to be Robocop, wasn't it? Uh, what's his name? Joel Kinnaman. Uh, oh, it was Joel Kinnaman. Yes. Uh, that movie isn't a bad Robocop. It's, it's just yeah. bloodless. That's all. It's a little forgettable. Oh yes, it's very bloodless. Robocop should be rated R. Uh, what they yeah, should do you- is they should do if they do a series, they should do like they should do some sort of sequel. To the original RoboCop, yeah, yeah, and still put it in the future, but do it where something along the lines of a, another RoboCop has to be created, but it's been banned for a while. Oh, I like They've that. Gone rogue, and yeah, that. But the crime is is really high up there, and they feel like they need a secret group needs to start, you know, create another RoboCop. Something, something like that. Like it's they got to dust off the old RoboCop. Yeah, they got to dust off the old program and bring it back and. And like, you got to find the yeah. right guy, and maybe you don't have the guy get brutally. Maybe the guy volunteers. Well, you could but do it fucks this him up like, the, in a different yeah. way. Like it's thirty years later, and uh, what is it? OCP was that the name of that company? Yeah, OCP. So maybe OCP's gone defunct, but somebody brings it back, and they're actually the hero, the protagonist, bringing back. Oh yeah, a good Robocop, and uh, yeah, maybe then- you do it a different way where OCP gets defunct, the police actually become corrupt, yes. the government's corrupt, and OCP. They bring back OCP because they need the RoboCop stuff. Well, I think this is a good thing. It's like um, they uh, they have to retire Murphy, 
Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, like, let's say that some humanitarian group is like, you know, this guy is trapped in this robot body. It's not let him die. And so because of the pressure, they like close down the RoboCop thing and they have his brain frozen somewhere mm-hmm. and they have to bust his brain out. So it's Murphy. Oh, it's still Murphy's brain. You put it in a fucking new a, robot a body. New ro- a new RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. fucking oh, PETA gets mad and, and cancels them. Yeah. Now you can still have Murphy, the character, continue on with a Just different... Just in a new body. Oh, that's fucking sick. Yeah, I believe... Look, there's a lot of comic books about RoboCop. Just fucking... And some of them are there's really There's stuff good. to mine there. Yeah. The other uh, IP deadline is reporting that they were going to consider uh, rebooting Stargate, Legally Bond, Fame... Barbershop, The Magnificent Seven, Pink Panther, Thomas Crown Affair. They got a lot of stuff to play with now that they bought MGM. Of course, the Creed universe thing is also happening over there at right. Amazon. So should be exciting as Amazon expands with all this Wait, shit. Wait, so Amazon bought MGM? Yes, mm-hmm. Amazon bought MGM for, it was a lot of money. Uh, oh, $8.5 billion in March wow. of last year, 2022. But why is there an MGM like app if that's the case? Why don't they just well soak up all that shit? They bought the the studio. Yes. Oh, so and the studio, I don't think they bought. Yeah, they just bought the 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 uh, content. Content. Yeah, and they have a huge just library. The IP. Yes, yeah. they have a huge library of content. So Amazon is going to use the MGM content IP to bust out some franchises. They have a lot of shit. MGM. Yes, so. they do. Yes, yeah. they. They're also very old. <laughs> That's I love that opening. Yeah. The tiger or the lion. That's the lion. And if you want to sync up Wizard of Oz to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, after the lion roars the third time, you press play on Dark Side of the Moon. That's what I remember. It does. The Dark Side of Oz. Yes, yes. It's the dark side. It does sync up. It get really high and do it. It's a lot of fun. Ah, okay. Wow. Let's finish up with some <laughs> what are we watching now? The Mandalorian is ending this week, Anthony. Next week we will be reviewing season three of The Mandalorian. Have you caught yes. up at all? I have. Uh, I've watched six episodes. Oh, I'm shit. what seven and eight? There's, there's eight yeah. coming out this week, yeah. so I have yeah. two episodes left. So yeah, I've caught oh. up quite a bit. Unfortunately, <laughs> okay. Well, look, well, fortunately, you are at that point. Okay, I'm not going to spoil seven. I'm just quickly going to spoil say, seven. But I, I can, can you want me to give you some quick thoughts. Yes. Um, I don't think it's that bad. Okay. <laughs> I don't think a- it's that great, but I don't think it's that bad. The only the only issue I have with it is, one, I do agree. A couple weeks ago, you said there was a meandering episode where they went and followed someone else, which was strange. Uh, the only other thing I have is I don't really know where it's going. Yeah. Every episode's yep. been different. Yep. Maybe this has been a common theme before, but, uh, yeah, it just feels like I don't know exactly where what we're building towards right now i do but we well, have you, to watch the next you, episode you've seen one more episode well that's the thing is i felt but i felt the same way uh, you know and you the last episode you watched was that jack black lizzo christopher oh Lloyd. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. that one yeah. so yeah. that one especially so i i'm gonna say this first of all episode seven six and seven the series goes from probably the weakest episode of the season to the fucking best episode of the season because it, it's all about the story that where it's going finally uh-huh. said late in the game you can talk about it. I'll they fucking uh, give I'm, you I'm not, I don't need to. I the don't story. Care. No, look, it was. And uh, what'd you think? Uh, Rugs without. He's going to watch it. But I was I was kind of impressed by episode well, seven. It's um, it's interesting because once again, uh, you think it's going one way, it goes another way. 
and uh, there's some surprises there, and um, some good action. There's some. There's yes. some action in yeah. there. There's some. There's an actual like. Yeah, you're like gripping your seat at some points in this. You're like, oh shit, yes, lo- yes. And it, it it still feels like a show, but it feels more like a movie than a show. Yeah, it doesn't feel fully like a movie, but it feels more like a movie in this episode. I was like, finally, they're getting to the fucking story. Big name drop of a character, a great fucking Grogu bit that I loved. Right, I my favorite line, Anthony. You'll see. It's not spoiling anything. But Baby Yoda and the little Enzelin are passing by. The little Enzelin just goes, bad baby, no squeezy. It runs off. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Apparently, people are saying he dropped a uh, motherfucker there somewhere. I didn't hear that. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh. didn't hear that. But uh, a couple of the memes I loved uh, uh, regarding Christopher Lloyd's appearance. Have you seen the thing where it goes, Christopher Lloyd went from being a man in a DeLorean to being in the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's kind of funny. And then there was like a Robo Robo Grogu or Grogu Cop. It was Grogu Cop. Yeah, I saw that. Kind of Those are all great. Yeah. And then also another uh, similarity was to Krang from T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Remember Krang? The little yeah. guy in the belly. Kind of. That whole thing was great. There's a robot. Essentially, he's making the robot. It's like a robot orgasm scene. Just going, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, this robot is getting off. This is great. So Grogu finally gets to do stuff and kind of be strong and help. And there's some fun shit. So is that in this episode or the one about that? Was, that was the last episode. Oh. One he hasn't watched. Anyways, will they nail this ending? There's a lot now that they've dropped all these bombs in the penultimate. I don't know. I hope that it's good because there I have a theory. There's a lot of theories floating around. I don't want to spoil anything, okay. but we'll talk about it. Next there's week. so many theories about yeah. what's going on. And if it is does come true. Wow. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, They did a lot of allusions to things. I was like, oh, my God, that's that. So, yeah, next week we will review the whole season. I'm glad you caught up. Sorry, Anthony, but thanks. For- oh, well, it's, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I okay, thought it was good. Be. See, we set it up, set you up to enjoy it. Yeah, you set me up where I was going. Oh, this is going to be complete dog shit. <laughs> I real quick, I finished that show Beef on Netflix with Stephen Yeun, Ali Wong. It's a fucking Where's great the show. Beef? It's a dude. The last this is a show you cannot predict what is going to happen. The last few episodes are just fucking wild. I had no idea where I was going, and I was enjoying the ride. And these two give excellent performances. So it's and Jake Schreer directing. So this team of Lee Sung Jin, the writer, Jake Schreer, director, Stephen Yeun doing Thunderbolts. Gives me a little bit of hope. They got some chemistry. There's some good style there. We'll see if they can pull it off. Beef. Rugs, you watched uh, something big. What'd you watch? I watched the Super Mario movie. Oh, get the oh. fuck out. You know what? What's funny is my wife actually, we, she never wants to go see movies with me. And she's like, I kind of want to see this because we used <laughs> to play Mario together on the Wii. Okay. Everybody loves Mario. And so I may go see it. With, I, I don't know if it'll be weird. We get surrounded by kids. We have no children. No, there was a lot of adults in there. Um, I went to see it at night. Okay. So, you know, this movie has made over $600 million globally, I believe, so far in like two weeks, three, almost 350 domestic. Not reviewed great, but the fans are loving it. What did you think? Well, if you're going to go to this movie, okay, th- there's two different things you can do when you do a video game movie, right? You can either a try and make it something that it's not, so it appeals to people, which is what they did in the first Super Mario movie. They like tried to make it a sci-fi movie, right? And they tried to like legitimate make it some kind of weird reason. There's a Koopa City and this and that, blah blah blah, dystopian future, weird shit. 
to justify what it is, or you can just like do the game. Right. Just live in the game. The game doesn't make any sense, but just live in the game. Like try and incorporate the game as much as possible. You know, you do your Easter eggs because at the end of the day, Mario is not Shakespeare. It's not fucking <laughs> right. high concept stuff. It's just this guy wanted to make a game and he made a game and it wasn't really about the story. It was about, oh, is this fun to play to yeah. move this character around? Yeah. And year after year, they kept using the same character, putting him in different situations. The games are not related to one another. Like, what does Mario Kart have to do with Donkey Kong? Nothing. But, like, they they kind of, like, you know, they exist. So to put these all these different things into a movie and make them work, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in a good way. So if you're going in there looking for a great, oh, this didn't make any sense. What the fuck? Are, like, like, no, like, that, this is what it is. So if you go in knowing that and it is what it is, it's good. Uh, they do, you know, give uh, Princess Peach some agency. Sure. She's not a damsel in distress. They go like a little too far in the opposite direction, make her like a girl boss. or that's what they're saying okay. or whatever. But that's fine. But, like, she's just like, yeah, she could just good at everything and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's Mario that has to learn how to do everything oh. and how to how to how to do things. So but um, at the end of the day, Mario has uh, you know, he, he's not a buffoon. Throughout the whole thing, he's he is kind of in the beginning, but at the end of the thing, he saves the day. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was just a weird. Uh, of course, it's a movie about supposed Italian people uh, with no <laughs> Italians like in the Chris movies Pratt? or Sebastian Mascalco. Yeah. How was Chris Pratt's voice, by the way? Was it did it work? It was fine. It was fine. So Jack Black's Bowser is getting a lot of compliments. There's a song I know that. Yeah, that's loves. the most memorable part. Okay. Peaches, 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 okay. peaches. I don't know what this song yeah, is. So that, that's that's to, how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, hey, that's the song. Yeah. So you, you, did you like it? What, the song or the movie? The movie. movie. I thought for what it was, it was fine. It was like I was I was happy that it stuck to the game. That, at the end of the day, I, all I care about is the integrity of the movie of, of like, Am I? I'm paying to see Super Mario. Am I seeing Super Mario, or is there some other bullshit wrapped in Super Mario? Mm-hmm. And no, this was a movie for Super Mario fans who love the game, who want to see things. They changed a couple of things about Princess Peach and s- stuff here and there. I'm not really a big uh, Mario historian, but like just from the stuff that I know from playing video games my whole life, I feel like they did include enough. So if you're if you're a kid and you're like 10 years old and you go to see this, you're probably going to think it's hilarious. Okay. If you're right. a person who is like in their deep thirties that grew up playing Mario, you probably will enjoy parts of this as well. Okay. I mean, you know, it's not fair to compare it to live action because in animation, it's a little bit easier to get away with it. The animation looks amazing. I think they, uh, they're the team up with illumination was a good idea, but is yeah, it, I think it, they're doing it, do a good job. It seems it seems like uh, on par with uh, Disney and, right? and yeah. DreamWorks. Is it a better movie overall than the or the live action one? What, than the Super Mario that they made? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. A million times better, because, but even in the same because class. Because right away I saw articles going, Super Mario Brothers movie, still the second best Super Mario Brothers movie. Like, people were, I was like, really? Come on, it can't be. No, I thought it was good. Okay. I mean, I thought okay. it was pretty fun. 
I yeah. think I still might see it. I think I'm going to try to get to see it. Just as I said, it's not Shakespeare. It's very simple. It's just, you know, it's the plot is like non-existent, but it's just, you do get to see Mario doing Mario things. And yeah, I mean, I will go to see, I want to see some Easter eggs and then, you know, reference all the fucking shit that it's in the game. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything it's else? In there. Anything else notable you watched? I watched, I rewatched, Apocalypto. Ooh, okay. The Mel there was Gibson. no alpacas in it. No alpacas and Alpacalypto? No. What what is no. the pre- I've never I mean, I've heard of Apocalypto. What's the premise? Okay, I'm going to give thoughts? it to you real because quick. Cuz I'm going to have to watch it eventually, but I want to hear your thoughts. A uh, Mel Gibson decided to make a movie about uh Aztec Mayan kind of like they, they kind of like combined them into like some other thing like cuz there's aspects of Mayan aspects of Aztec in this movie. But it's basically the story of a tribe that lives outside of the Aztec uh, kingdom or wherever. And they are kind of, they still, they're living in the forest, doing their forest thing. They're like, they hunt in the jungle. They, they, they live together. They're living like little huts and stuff. And um, all of a sudden, for whatever reason, I think there's like a, there might be a plague or something that's, so for whatever reason, people from the Aztec or the Mayan kingdom, I can't tell which one it is, uh, come and raid their village and basically abduct them and t- are taking them, you know, taking them there. I, t- and you'll see what happens. Uh, but basically, it's a chase movie. Like the first, maybe the first um, hour or at first like 40 minutes is like just you with the you in this village uh, or in this community that lives in the jungle and you're just seeing like the culture Mm -hmm. and like kind of like native, like the native um, people. Mm -hmm. And then you see that there's another group that's not so nice. And what, what do they do to people? And, and then they, and then the last like hour of the movie is a chase and where he's trying to get away from them and whatever. And it's, it's really, really well done. And I just think that uh, Mel Gibson uh, paid a lot of attention to like the detail of um, like what things look like, who the, who he cast in this movie and everything. Like that. So there's a very good sense of historical realism into it. Doesn't it use like and, the original language, the native language? Is there any English? Yeah, in this So movie? I think that uh, people had a problem with how brutal the brutality of it. Cause it's, you know, Bill Gibson loves to get brutal. And so he gets like, you know, Braveheart was brutal. Like this is brutal. Passion of the Wait. Christ. Oh my God. Yeah. Super brutal. Like, so it gets super brutal in this movie and it might be like, if you're squeamish, you might not really. Oh, wow. into Some of this, but okay. I love the reality of it and how it's just a good movie about observing a culture, this ancient culture. It's like a very cool movie and where it's also an action movie. There's all it's also an action movie at the same time. So um it's not wall to wall action, but there is like a hunting scene, then there's like a a raid, and then there is an escape. And those are the three big action pieces in this movie. And um yeah, it's done really it's done really well. All right. I'm excited to watch it. But she's yeah. uh, spoiler alert. It might be, it in, might be in the tournament. It's an action movie. <laughs> I feel like it's not as much as an action movie as I remembered it to be, but I still ah. think it's very powerful. Okay. It, it, so I don't know if you want to look, put it in, but I really think it. it's, uh, if you consider Braveheart to be an action movie, um, yeah. it's just, it's kind of like along the same lines of okay. that well, kind of drama or the Patriot or whatever, yeah. you know. 
Oh, it's in so, there. Yeah. Oh, the Patriot. All right. Good stuff. Uh, that's it for this week. Rugs. Where can the listener find you online? Uh, on Twitter. Come find me on Twitter at really rug boy. Come follow me. Come retweet me. Mm. You can click a link to his <laughs> Twitter. Mm. Yummy. Anyway, Yummy. all that stuff is in the episode description. Links on how to support and uh, uh, connect with us on social media. Most importantly, listeners, share the show. Spread it around. We would appreciate it. Spread it around like the STD that it is. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Talk of Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll beep you next time. I fucking loved it. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Peaches, 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 peaches.